Hello, and welcome to Thank You for Toilet Paper, a history of the little things, a podcast where we talk about a few things to be grateful for and the history and stories behind them. I'm your host, Elizabeth Miller. Thank you so much for joining me today. Let's get going. Growing up, and quite frankly to this day, I have had glow-in-the-dark stars on my ceiling for about as long as I can remember. I used to have a smiley face on my ceiling made out of stars, but I did it upside down on accident, so for years I had like a frowning face staring at me from my ceiling in the dark as I went to sleep. Super comforting. Don't know why it took me so long to change it, but eventually I switched it out for like a sort of swirl, so... That was a good choice, eventually. Just took a while. I guess they're effectively a sort of night light. I find them beautiful and comforting. I even took some of them with me when I moved to Germany, and I left a few of them in different apartments where I lived for a while while I was there, kind of like little pieces of home. I like to think of the stars also as a connection to my ancestors. I think of my ancestors who may have made a living on or around the sea or perhaps explored it or crossed it, crossing the Atlantic to travel to a new land and start a new life. From an array of Nordic and English ancestors to those who made their journeys as pilgrims to my grandfather even, who flew as a pilot in the Air Force. And for each of these, the stars were a way for them to navigate the darkness, the night sky, and find new worlds and new lives. I like to think that the same stars that saw their stories unfold watch mine unfold as well, and I feel a little less lonely looking up at the night sky thinking that maybe they did the same. Maybe somewhere on a lonely boat in choppy waves where everything was dark and a bit scary, somewhere back in time, maybe they also looked up at the stars and found some comfort, and I feel connected to them that way. So with that in mind, and since I live in the basement room and can't always see the stars, I'm very grateful for the stars on my ceiling that I can take with me as little reminders that I'm not alone and that I'm made up of stories of adventurers and ancestors who made it through tough and difficult and beautiful things just like me. So if we're going to talk about glow-in-the-dark stars, then we first need to start with the whole idea of glow-in-the-dark. How did we get there? We have a couple different types of luminescence. There's bioluminescence, which occurs naturally in living things, which comes from an internal chemical reaction. You'll find good examples of this bioluminescence among sea life. There's also radioluminescence, which comes from bombardment of ionizing radiation. There is also chemiluminescence, a good example of which would be glow sticks, which emit light without emitting heat through a chemical reaction. Chemiluminescence is used for glow-in-the-dark products that we're probably all familiar with, like glow sticks. However, chemiluminescence requires a chemical reaction, and photoluminescence does not. So last but not least, we get to photoluminescence, which is where we find our topic of today, glow-in-the-dark stars. These use photoluminescence. All of this helpful information was found on thoughtco.com, by the way, and their article, How Does Glow-in-the-Dark Work? And according to them, quote, photoluminescence, by definition, is the emission of light from a molecule or atom that has absorbed electromagnetic energy. Examples include fluorescence and phosphorescence materials. Close quote. Phosphorus are materials that glow in the dark. The earliest written records that we have of phosphorus things are found in China, dating back to about 1000 BCE. These records chronicle fireflies and glowworms. Now let's jump ahead briefly to the 1600s. Here we find Vicencio Casariolo and his discovery in 1602 of the Bologna stones. Originally, these stones were thought to perhaps be the discovery of a philosopher's stone, a stone capable of turning metal into gold. 
Cascariolo was a cobbler and an alchemist from Italy. He first found the Bologna stones on Mount Paderno near Bologna, Italy. These stones were silvery white. Cascariolo synthesized a material from the stones that, when left out in the sun, would glow at night. It was a luminescent material. Cascariolo's discovery was the first in the study of photoluminescence. Phosphorus itself was later isolated in 1669 by a German physician who was also an alchemist. His name was Hennig Brand. Brand was also looking to turn metal into gold when he made his discovery of phosphorus. Phosphorus is used to make things glow in the dark as a type of photoluminescence, like the glow in the dark stars. The most common types of phosphorus that are used are zinc sulfide, which gives off a green light when glowing. So again, we see that in the stars. And the second is strontium aluminate. Zinc sulfide is also the type that you can use in cosmetics. In 2000, zinc sulfide was mixed with other phosphors to create pink, red, and orange glows as well. Strontium aluminate gives off a stronger glow. And sometimes when you hit glows that are like a purple or a blue, those charge better from UV light as well. The very first patented glowing chemical lighting device was patented in October of 1973 by Clarence Gilliam and Thomas Hall. When it comes to the glow sticks that we're familiar with today, the gooey material that's inside was patented in 1962 by Edwin Chandros, an MIT scientist who had his lab at Bell Labs. Glow-in-the-dark technology is useful for more than just toys. A naval signaling device using chemiluminescence was patented in 1973. The toy version of the glow stick was patented in 1977 and invented by Richard Taylor von Sant. However, another story claims that the first glow sticks used for fun, came out at a Grateful Dead show after a Yale football game in 1971. Beyond inanimate objects, scientists in Thailand have also reported breeding three pigs that glow in the dark back in 2006. So whether they be for toys, for naval operations and submarines, for the military, for nail polish and cosmetics, or for the stars on our ceilings, glow-in-the-dark items have become a fun part of our life. So I am grateful for glow-in-the-dark stars and the connection that I've made between them and my ancestors, where these stars remind me of the light of thousands of lives in the past who light the way for my future, who did brave and scary things, who maybe also made mistakes that makes my life hard and miserable sometimes, but who ultimately, I hope and believe, tried to live out their best life. And ultimately, these green glowing reminders make me think of the stars that have watched over humanity's stories. While the stars hold different stories and different meanings for different cultures, they have witnessed all of our stories. These stars belong to all of us, past, present, and future, and are a reminder that we are all still under one sky. The stars belong to all of us, and our stories belong to them. A little sentimental, but hopefully comforting, and hopefully the next time you look up either at the night sky or on your ceiling of choice and you see these glowing reminders, they remind you that you're not alone. You're made up of a lot of love and a lot of wonderful stories. I think I heard that somewhere, and I hadn't thought of it that way before, but just the fact that it was a lot of love that led up to you being here right now. Somebody else said that somewhere on the internet, not me, but I really like that sentiment. That's it for this week. Thank you so much for listening. Remember you're loved. Remember you are seen. Your story matters. And I hope that you have a fantastic week. Take care.